You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 71. Today's topic, why not celebrate Lent all year long? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Today we're talking about Lent. This episode drops on Tuesday, February 16th, which is the day before Ash Wednesday. The very first time that I ever interacted with Ash Wednesday was kind of embarrassing. I grew up in a mainline Protestant church, and we didn't celebrate Ash Wednesday. I didn't know anything about it. When I was a freshman in college, one Wednesday morning in February, I'm sitting in French class, and my friend Catherine is in front of me. She turns around to ask me a question. And I noticed there was this big smudge on her forehead. It looked like she had really messed up her makeup or something. I was kind of embarrassed for her. And I whispered, Catherine, you've got a big smudge on your forehead. And she looked at me with these playful eyes with a kind of a joy in her face. And she said in her Mississippi accent, oh, James, it's Ash Wednesday. I didn't know anything about Ash Wednesday. And I said, oh, like I knew what that meant. I had heard the phrase before, but I didn't know she'd gone to church that morning and had ashes put on her forehead. After doing a little research, I realized what a big deal Ash Wednesday is for a lot of Christians and how it sets in motion the time called Lent leading up to Easter. It's a time of 40 days of fasting and reverence and prayer and commemoration and joy in preparing for the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. This is a very historical practice that's gone on for centuries in the Christian church, but it's not something that Jesus actually taught or endorsed or encouraged us to do. And it's not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. It's a practice that's grown up over the centuries. And more and more people are looking into the observance of Lent as a way to grow closer to Jesus and commemorate his life, his ministry, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. And that's all great in so many ways. As I said, I grew up never celebrating Ash Wednesday or Lent. And I will give you a full disclaimer here. I still do not celebrate Lent in the traditional way, and we'll get into that, but I've done a little research to kind of find out more about what Ash Wednesday and Lent were all about. I recently came across a very good article online, and I'll put this link in the show notes. It's called A Short History of Lent. It's on the thinkingfaith.org 
website. According to this article, the earliest mention of Lent in church history comes from the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. You usually think of the Council of Nicaea because that's where the Nicene Creed came from, and there were other major things discussed at that council. But there were also 20 other pronouncements or canons dealing with everyday church issues that came up there. One of them was about Lent. The original Greek word referring to Lent was tesarakonta, which simply means 40. And that's the first time that that word was ever used in that context. This practice of fasting 40 days leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus was a gradually evolved process that started with one or two days, then turned into Holy Week, then became a longer period of time. But here at the Council of Nicaea, things were codified to some degree. The length of time of 40 days was taken from the time that Jesus spent before his public ministry started when he was fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. The English word Lent comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, which is kind of early English, which meant to lengthen, because Lent comes in springtime when the hours of daylight are lengthening. And so it was felt like this was symbolic of us lengthening and increasing our spirituality, the spiritual light in our lives, where we can lengthen and grow in the Spirit. The article I mentioned goes on to explain, which I think this is a wonderful idea, actually. And I quote, Just as the sun was seen to do the work of lengthening the days in spring, so it is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who does the work of lengthening in our spiritual growth. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? That sometimes we think we're so responsible for our spiritual progress, but it's really Christ who impels that in us and brings more spiritual light to our lives. All of that is embedded in this Lenten season of more daylight, literally, but also as the day approaches when we celebrate the resurrection more and more spiritual light breaking into our lives. I have a lot of friends who spend the time of Lent to really contemplate and think about the importance of Jesus in their lives and think how they can commemorate that. And they either fast or they give up something for the 40 days leading up to Easter, or they work on special projects in the community. And if you just Google things like creative ways to observe Lent, you'll find all kinds of interesting ideas. Some of them really are very thoughtful and thought-provoking. If you're someone who celebrates Lent, I hope you will take a deeper spiritual approach to doing it. Now, as I I said, I do not celebrate Lent in the traditional way. I'm coming at this from a little different perspective. I'm really inspired by the way some people observe Lent They have such noble goals, either to help an organization or individuals in the community, or to take an honest look at themselves and see where they can walk more closely following Jesus. But sometimes people approach Lent like they do a crash diet. And for a few weeks, 
they're not going to do something, and as soon as Easter is over, they go right back to the way they were before. And there hasn't necessarily been any change of character or reformation of lifestyle. It's just kind of a ritual that they're going through. I'm hoping that if you're someone who celebrates Lent, this is not your approach. Wherever you are on this idea of Lent, I really encourage you to take things to a deeper spiritual level. It's not just about the outward ceremonies and practices of what you're doing. It's what's going on in your heart. Traditionally, one of the ways to observe Lent is through fasting. Jesus had some very specific things to say about fasting. This is from Matthew 6, 16 through 18. And it's in the Sermon on the Mount, by the way. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen of others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. How many times do you hear people talking about, oh, what they're going to give up for Lent, and they almost parade it around, showing off what great people they are by what they're doing for Lent. That really goes against what Jesus is saying here, doesn't it? If you're going to fast during Lent and not disobey Jesus at the same time, I think it's important not to post all over social media or tell everybody you know what you're fasting from. It's a private thing between you and God. Jesus had a very different approach to fasting. Of course, he did fast for those 40 days in the wilderness before his ministry started. But during his ministry, he did not fast. And in fact, the Pharisees came to him and said, why don't your disciples fast like the disciples of John the Baptist? And he said something very interesting. This is Mark 2, 19 and 20. He asked this question, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. He was sort of giving a metaphor referring to himself. The Christ was there in their midst. Why should his disciples mourn and be sorry and fast? Because they were celebrating the fact that Jesus was with them. Now there came a day when he was crucified and was gone They were in mourning. They were fasting. They were completely devastated. But then when he appeared to them again, they were joyful again. So the fasting in this instance is about whether you feel the presence of Christ with you or not. If you're fasting, you're basically acknowledging that Christ is not here. As I said, Jesus has a very different approach to fasting and what it should be. I actually did a whole episode in my podcast called How to Fast Like Jesus. That was episode number 48, and I will put that in the show notes as well. In that episode, I talk about chapter 58 of Isaiah that outlines the kind of fast God is pleased with and that honors him. It's not about going without things. It's about helping those who are in need. 
That's the fast that Jesus is wanting us to do. And in that sense, he fasted his whole ministry. It was an everyday type of a thing. Lent, for most people, is about remembering and commemorating that time when Jesus was crucified and resurrected. I just don't see anything that Jesus told us to observe and commemorate him in this way. We have the Last Supper with the bread and the wine. He told us to do that often in remembrance of him. He told us after he washed the disciples' feet to do that. He has given us things that we are supposed to do. Lent is a practice that has come up through history. The whole purpose of this podcast is to really get back to the original spiritual teachings and practice of Jesus, the Christianity that he established. What did Jesus tell us to do? What did he set the example for us to do? How did he want us to follow him? And personally, I have not found anything where he requests us to practice what we call Lent. Does that mean that all the traditions that have come up over the centuries are things that we should abandon? Not necessarily. But Jesus did warn the Pharisees that they were disobeying God because they were obeying their traditions. We have to have our eyes and our hearts open to see if these things are really getting us closer to God or are they just traditions that we are following? As I've said, I think there are a lot of wonderful things about Lent. My only complaint is that I don't think it should just be for 40 days. Jesus expected us to follow him every single day. In fact, he said in Luke 9:23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If you observe Lent and you give up something you shouldn't be doing, why wouldn't you give it up all year long for the rest of your life? If you're doing something beneficial to the community, to follow that model of fasting in Isaiah chapter 58, why would you only do that for 40 days? Jesus really sets the tone for practicing the dailiness of our faith. It was not just in the Garden of Gethsemane as a one-time prayer when he said, Not my will, but thine be done. That was characteristic of his whole ministry. Throughout the three years, he was preaching and healing and helping people. Over and over again, he said, I'm not here to do my own will. I'm here to do the will of the Father who sent me. He practiced that every day. The attitudes and the ideas behind observing Lent should not just be for a 40-day period. I think they should permeate our daily lives year after year. If we're really striving to follow Christ, it really should be a daily year-round practice. And it has to be something that's sustainable throughout the years. So, does this mean we're not supposed to commemorate and prepare for the Easter season with the resurrection and the crucifixion and everything that meant, and we want to be ready for that spiritually so we can appreciate what the real value of it is? Well, of course not. We do need to have our hearts ready. But again, my point is, shouldn't we be doing that all year long? 
the crucifixion and the resurrection are not just to be remembered at a particular season each year in the spring. I think the way we live our lives, the way that we can be the light in the world that bears witness to Jesus' victory over death, should be a daily occurrence. I have friends who've written wonderful Lenten guides and devotionals, and they're wonderful and thoughtful ideas for spiritual growth and practice. And there are so many things like this available. There's some really helpful, insightful ideas available when you're really trying to observe Lent in its true spirit. My hope is that you will carry forth that spirit of Lent all year long. If there's something worth doing during Lent, either giving up something or a spiritual practice that you're doing, we should be commemorating Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. Every day it should glow in our face and radiate from our hearts all year long. I know this is not the most traditional approach to observing Lent. You have to find whatever works best for you. But I would like to encourage you to broaden your scope of how you celebrate and observe Lent. Let it be a transformative experience every day of the year. Take that spirit of devotion and consecration and love for Jesus Christ that you feel during the weeks before Easter and live that every day. I think that's what Jesus would want us to do. I think that's what will help others come to know Christ more thoroughly. Let it permeate every single day of your life. The light that that brings to your life, other people will see. And you're probably already doing this, even if you don't call it Lent. Anyone who is truly and sincerely striving to follow Christ Jesus, as Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Each one of us is part of this light, beaming forth, bearing witness to the fact that Jesus was crucified, but he resurrected. As we approach Easter and the time when we specifically think about the crucifixion and the resurrection, my prayer for you is that you will get a new insight into the majesty and the victory that Jesus had for the whole world when he walked out of that tomb on Easter morning. We are still working on our prayer project, 21 Ways to Obey Christ, in 2021. This is week seven, and it's very fitting for what we've just been talking about. It comes from Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When we set our priorities straight and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when we seek diligently to understand that God is ruling in his kingdom here on earth, and we seek to express God's righteousness in all that we do as our first priority, everything we need will be taken care of because we're putting first things first. We're putting seeking for God and his kingdom and his righteousness ahead of ourselves. 
And that's actually the model in the Lord's Prayer. If you look at it, the first half of the Lord's Prayer is all about acknowledging God's kingdom, his power, his presence, who God is, and what God does. Only halfway through, then, do we finally ask for what we need. Give us this day our daily bread. This is exactly the kind of priority and perspective that Jesus wants us to take in our life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be taken care of. So this coming week, let's all focus on obeying this command of Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you'd like to get the whole list of 21 ways to obey Christ in 2021, go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 065. This is episode 65, and you'll see a link where you can download your copy. Actually, there are two versions. One is a short version that's one page, sort of bullet points. The other one is a three-page document that goes into more detail with a few more Bible verses and context. You can choose which one is best for you or do them both. Just click the download button and check your download folder on your computer. I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I really appreciate you being here and joining with me and all the others who listen all over the world. At last count, people in 96 countries have listened to at least one episode of the Bible Speaks to You podcast, and you are part of that. Thank you very much. If you have a friend that would enjoy today's episode, please share it with them and let them know you were thinking about them. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here, too. I encourage you to subscribe. Just go to my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, click on the podcast tab, and you'll see a form to fill out with your name and email. You'll get a confirmation email. Make sure you click on the link in that email to prove that you're not a robot, and you'll be on my email notification list, and you'll never miss an episode. If you ever have any comments or questions about something you heard in this episode or any episode, please be in contact. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab. I'd love to hear your thoughts or your questions, and I'll be in touch. And as always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible references that I mentioned today, so you can check those out at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 071. This is episode 71. If you would like to support the show financially to help cover some of the weekly and monthly production costs, there's a PayPal button at the very bottom of the website in the footer. There's also a link in the show notes page, as well as in the email notification that you get. I really appreciate all of you who have helped contribute to cover some of the production costs for the Bible Speaks to You podcast. It helps me be here every week. And I'm just so, so grateful. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Again, thanks for being here. I love you all very much. And I appreciate all the different ways that you've shown support for the podcast, both financially, but more importantly, sharing this with others. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. 
Have a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.